Bruiser and Alex set a really solid foundation for me. And so, like, I, I always talk, I think about uh, golf because I, I used to play golf as well. I mean, still play a little bit, but um, Jack Nicholas talks about how the best thing that ever happened to him was his dad took him to get a golf lesson from a golf pro. And all he emphasized was the fundamentals, and he gave him a solid base so that he never had to unlearn anything bad. He just had to learn how to keep doing the good things right. And for me, I was lucky enough to learn from Joe out there and then from Alex. And those two things, it's a good, it, 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 it was a solid foundation, right? So, like, the house we've been building on that has been solid since then. And, and you know, learning from Joe and then learning from Alex, it, I don't know, it, it sparked something in me, and it, it made me geek out, and I think... The reason I bring up golf is because for me, it's like the same mental game of golf is long range. So the way that we think about like in golf, we work from the green back. So it's like, you know, this is where the pin is. This is where it's at on the green. And so how do I work my way back from there to to make the shots to get there? So for me, it's like looking at long ranges is very, it's the same type of challenge. And I think it just. Awkward, but yeah. I'll yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> walk in and be like, this phone's for you. And yeah. he's like, you got a call. <laughs> oh, Chris, why do you have a gun in your hand? <laughs> yeah. Answer the phone. My boy I needs think, his keys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we had dinner last night after the range, and uh, he was telling me about that. And yeah. just, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. I need to go. We need to make some time to go shoot with him here. Yeah. When we, when we get our in-house video guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be a so, game changer. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, thanks for coming over today. Of course, hanging out. Thanks Finally, you're going to be on episode 49 or 50, I believe. Oh, wow. nice. We're almost the first season's almost complete, so nice. we've got some cool stuff coming up. But you took the time to come down and yeah. see us. We've been trying to make this happen for a while. I can hear the water. In <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just hydrating. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 uh, something we've wanted to do from since when the podcast first. You guys first started talking about it and just trying to find time. And I was like, no, we're going to make time. We're going to come down and hang out. And so like, I finally had a gap in my schedule. I was like, yeah, cause you guys have been huge supporters from very, very early on. And so it's, I was like, yeah, we, I got to get down there. Fantastic. So do you want to roll, roll in? No, you, you got it, you man. Go ahead. I mean, you've got the mustache. I got the idea of the mustache. Yeah, this is the one episode you'll have a mustache. <laughs> yeah. And I will zoom in on it. So if you want. Yeah. I have a razor in the car. So it's, it's like coming off immediately after this. Just, he's just going to zoom in just on. on like I was telling Ian, I had it down to the chin last night, but then I kept on going shorter and shorter. Symptomovich or though? No, I, I need to. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. You should make an Ike like silhouette sticker of just the hair and the mustache, and that's it. <laughs> I need. Who said to bring like the yellow tinted glasses? Was that Josh? Uh, I think it was Josh. Yeah, yeah. I've got those. Yeah, from uh, uh, Lethal Weapons. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The dad costume. Yeah. Anyways, on that note, um, <laughs> welcome to the BTO podcast. Uh, I'm Ike. We got Chris, Ian, and then our guest Jimmy from. Uh, I don't know which camera. Here, here. Okay. You're here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Jim from yeah. Jim's Goon Life, Jimmy's Goon Life. Yeah. Something like that. The Goon. Average Joe's. Average Joe's. Yeah. Jim's Goon Life. The average Jimmy Just himself. The Gooninator yeah. himself. The Gooninator. All kinds of stuff. All, all the things. <laughs> yeah. The Goon Mobile in the parking lot. Yeah. 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 That's a sweet ride, by the way. Every time Maddie sees it, she's like, oh, that's so sick. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it came, it came out. the The rap on it came out great. And yeah. everything, and I'm, it's so much fun driving that across across the country. And it's like now I'll be able to look back years from now and have photos like you know all the different places. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's cool. Yeah. cool. Did you get ever? Have you been recognized in it yet? Yeah, it's funny because like uh, people will so like 
I, it, it, you know, it has like the racing number on the side. Yeah. I drive it like a race car. Oh, hell yeah. And my, my wife laughs because like I know because I, we drive it so much off road, I have a pretty good feeling of how wide the truck is and how long it is. So I can get within like a couple inches of stuff. Yeah. Without, without hitting it. And I will drive like that through Dallas traffic, which Dallas traffic is much like Houston traffic. And uh, so like, I'll be doing like 90 down the highway and I'll get somebody to, like take a photo or video and they'll tag me in it. And be like, I tried to take a better photo, but I couldn't keep up. <laughs> I was like mobbing through traffic. So yeah, I apologize to anybody that I drive around. Have you ever got the, the email like, Hey, this guy drives like a dick. Yeah. You should like, get like a, how's my driving on the back? Yeah, it's like, how, how's my driving? I, you know what? I, I'll do that. Phone number. I'll do, we'll, we'll update it. We'll put it on there. Yeah. We can make that happen. You should, should put the range's phone number. Yeah. On it. It's just, just all of them come off. to big text. Yeah. Everybody at the range gets mad. They're like, yeah, we, we know this is the yeah. call today. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of my fears is that I'll, I'll be driving like that one day and somebody be, see the big text logo and be like, Hey, you know what? I saw a guy with your, your logo in his truck and he was just cutting everybody off. I was like, <laughs> Doing 100, 120 down 75. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So, Jimmy, let's, let's, there, there's some questions. I know I've talked to you before about this offline, uh, like when we were out to dinner or hanging out. Mm-hmm. But I want to know a little bit about your background and how, how did you, did you go out one day and say, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm going to do this? Or how, how did you get into guns first? Let's do that. Okay. So we'll go way back. We'll go to like very, We'll try to rush through all of that. Birth. But, um, yeah, birth. So uh, when my mom and dad met, uh, <laughs> so I grew up, uh, I'm the youngest of three, and my my older brothers, there's a big gap between us. So like me and my closest brother is 10 years. So he's 10 years older than me. And then my oldest brother is another three or four years older than him. So there was they, they were always into things that were um, – that I couldn't do. So like when they were really big into shooting, I was just watching. Like I couldn't go out and shoot cause you know, I was so much younger than them, so much smaller. So, uh, but I grew up around it. And so that was always kind of like in the back of my mind, but I never got to do it with them. And then, you know, you fast forward, um, get through college and everything. Um, I ended up becoming a pastor and I was a head pastor of a church. I was a church planner and head pastor for about five years uh, of a church. And then when it was time for me to kind of step away from that, I wanted to take a take a break from, from being a pastor just to spend time with my family. So when that time came, um, I didn't really have a a plan. There was no like, you know, here's your exit plan. Here's the thing you go into. And there's not really a good transition career wise for former pastors either. It's like, what do you do? You know? So, um, I was on my way to an interview and I had some time to kill. I was there because I was there like super early. So I stopped by a, a gun store and I was in there and, and, um, the guy offered me a job on the spot. I was like, okay, cool. So I ended up working in a warehouse at a gun company, kind of like this. And that's, that's how I got started in the industry. The, the thing that sparked me getting into guns was, you know, for me personally was I had gone on um, a couple mission trips. So I spent some time in the middle East and seeing what a lawless country actually really looks like <laughs> and living there amongst it. Cause like we, we didn't, there, there's no, there's no like resort. There's no like there's an Americanized area where there's like a Hilton and it has a, its own private beachfront. And that's literally it. And in that Hilton is a mall, a McDonald's, a Starbucks. Oh, wow. So you never have to leave. And like across the street, there's a Domino's on one side and a McDonald's on the other. So anytime you need anything like Americanized, you go there. But outside of that, it's all third world country. And we were staying like deep with, within the city because we look we look like. Hispanics look a lot like Middle Easterns do, especially when we grow our beards out and don't shave. And if you dress the same way, nobody suspects anything. So we got to go and hang out and and live there. And I always tell people, like, the story I always tell is, like, literally the first night we were there, 
um, there was a mass shooting on the corner of the, the block we were staying on. Oh, wow. And there was like, there was no police, there was no ambulance, no firefighters, no TV coverage, nothing. They were just like, um, so they, they have this saying in, in Arabic, that if it's God's will, and it's just like, you know, it is what it is. And it had this whole big thing between two warring clans had been going on for centuries. And so it was just a whole big uh, ordeal. But seeing that firsthand and seeing when there is nobody to call that you have to be your truly your own first responder and to be able to take care of yourself as far as like protection and medical goes and being able to provide for yourself. And so that kind of started to set in. And when we went to Central America, we went to, we went to uh, Guatemala and we did a similar thing in Guatemala and spent some time there. And it was like kind of the same thing. Uh, we, there was, there wasn't a mass shooting there, but it was very much a lawless country. Once you get outside of like the the main city and yeah, it was just we we were there to help with like an orphanage that we're trying to keep boys out of gangs. Um, a lot of like sex trafficking and and prostitution goes on in, in that area just because of the the nature of the country and just how things are. So those two incidences coming back made me realize like it's only a matter of time before things get worse here, right? Um, there's nothing in history that indicates that countries will continue to get better; they only continue to get worse. So it was like, okay, so I need to start taking this seriously, especially, you know, having a, having a son, having a wife, having a family that I need to take care of. And so that's what got me into guns. And then, you know, working at a gun store had access to stuff. And so that's kind of what got me going down the path and then ended up getting hired by a company to do media for them. So I like moved up from working in the warehouse into marketing very quickly and then did a decent job there. And then uh, one of the brands that we sold ended up hiring me away from there to come work for them to do that specifically for them. And so I did that for a few years. And in that time, one of the things that I realized was that I had access to a lot of really cool people mm-hmm. and a lot of really cool stuff, right? Like you, like we, we know like, <laughs> yeah, we, like you guys. So um, you get to, to meet a lot of cool people. You get to experience a lot of cool things. And so I was like, well, you know what? I want to document this one for myself and for my son so that I like he can look back. Cause like, I look back at like photos of my dad's, my dad, he used to race cars. And like, I wish like, I'm like, I wish that I had more photos of the cars or that they would have kept some of them. And I'm yeah. like, cause I'm like looking back now at how, how hard it is to get some of those cars. I'm like, if you would have just, just been a little patient and just yeah. hung on to them. Um, so thinking about that, things like that, I'm like, well, I want there to be some sort of documentation of this for my son so he can see like hey dad used to do some cool stuff and hang out with some cool people um because you know we get to hang out of helicopters and shoot stuff and so like having video of that to show your son is cool um but also the the gear that we have the guns the things like that that i want people to be able to people ask a lot of questions about them so it was like well why not start making videos to answer some of those questions and that's how the youtube channel actually started that was that was it and and you know it became what it is now when did you start the youtube channel I couldn't even tell you the year, honestly. It's all been a blur. It, it goes all, by fast. It does. It, it, it goes really, by really fast. It's. I think we're going on four years now, three or four years. Uh, so I started it, and then I wasn't like super consistent. Like I posted a video, and then like didn't post anything for months. Yeah. And then I'd post another one, and like a month or two would go by, and then I was like, no, I'm going to be like, you know, I think it was like going into Shot Show one year or right after Shot Show. I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be dedicated and do one video a week. And then, like, once I got serious about it, that's when I like actually look at when I actually started, uh, because that's actually what got the ball rolling. So, uh, yeah, I want to say it's been three years now. So, 2020 or 2021 is about when I started it. Yeah. So, and, and then it's just been chugging away at it since. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordnance, and I'm Ian 
from Big Tech's ordinance. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer? all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT. Also, these come in black and FTE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C rechargeable and has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. Oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. You don't realize like the, the back end of like what you do, you know, Instagram and YouTube, like the hustle mm -hmm. that is involved with like the A, just setting up the equipment and like filming it, but then the editing and then posting consistently because if you don't post consistently you don't hit that algorithm and if you don't hit that algorithm then your page just mm -hmm. falls into the abyss of you know the web yeah so it's actually funny i just had a conversation with another gun tuber about this yesterday i was getting off range and he called me and we were just chatting we were talking about like uh, we're talking about burnout is what we we're actually talking about yeah uh, but we 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 talked about how how much people don't realize that it is a job like everybody sees like oh you just get to go hang out and do fun stuff and it's like no no you don't understand <laughs> like you know you don't you don't see the travel you don't see the the admin work on the back end the scheduling the emails the phone calls um the time editing the it doesn't time just you, happen. It, yeah it doesn't yeah there's a there's a lot that goes into it like you see a very small percentage of of what goes into you see the end product it, yeah like that's all you see yeah and that that's it and so I think for me, that's part of like one of the things where like being a pastor, I think kind of, I don't want to say set me up, but help prepare me for this because, uh, you know, being a pastor a lot, what most people see is just like Sunday sermons, right? Yeah. But that's such a small fraction of yeah. what your job actually is. And it's like now, like doing this, like the videos, the photos that people see is such a small percentage of, of what we do. But it, it is one of the things like you were saying, like if you don't post consistently, you know, it's it's going to set you back. Like I was, I posted a video a couple weeks ago when I went to JTAC mm -hmm. and I talked about how I took a couple weeks off just cause I was, I was feeling burnt yeah, out yeah. and it, 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 it hurt taking those two weeks off, not posting hurts. Cause like the next videos you put out, like they don't do well at all. Yeah. I, I watch my most YouTube when I'm in the shower. Just really? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. I have, I set my prop, my phone up. I, I thought you said, you're going to say you have the TV. No, in. no, I got it. Got it. Prop it up, take a shower, just chill out. You while, have AirPods you know. on? Or? No, no. Just like. I'm going to keep that mental image. Next yeah. Time. Oh, 100%. Like most of my YouTube watching is in the shower. <laughs> just so. start commenting. Yeah. <laughs> Watch yeah. It Hey, now. guess what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> no lie. Like your, your belt video the other day, watch it in the shower. That's awesome. Just to let you know. Sorry. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, that's a, that's a great visual. Now, mm -hmm. Thanks. picture the the audience. Same with our podcast. <laughs> a lot of the time is I watch. It's either in the car or in the shower. Yeah. <laughs>
Just let you know. Yeah, I can understand the car, the shower. I'm ha- having trouble wrapping my my mind. This is what that. I do. I mean, it's not like I'm watching it. It's more I'm, I'm just listening to yeah. it. Yeah, I, I do. Shower. If it's a podcast, I'll I'll let it play. I'll put it on the counter and let it play yeah, the exactly. speaker and, yeah. and listen. Yeah, yeah, I do that quite yeah. frequently. Audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Audiobook will just keep going. Yeah, I don't know about watching it though. No. It's not necessarily, I, don't, I shouldn't say watching it. I'm so you just have the audio like, playing. Yeah, like I'm not like standing in the shower like. Yeah, I was like just something about watching pause these while I'm in the shower. Yeah, like all right, well, got to turn around, pause it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like I'm listening to it. But yeah, it's it's what I do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay, yeah. so we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, well, that's a great you part. Leave that in. It's, a, it's a great part, yeah. It's like when I drive in the car and then I'm like, you know. That's one of your reels right there. It's just, somebody in the back seat is like. Yeah, we have a month's worth of TikTok content now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got all the TikTok. Yeah, it's you just you need a a separate page. It's just Ian's Ian's outtakes. Yeah, and (laughs) and it's man, I don't probably look. You get the (laughs) We don't have the time to do that. That'd be hilarious. So yeah, Yeah. it's like all the uh, the back end stuff when you were making. You know, you were spending hours editing the podcast. It's like. Yeah, yeah. It's like between. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Still do. Well, you got the robot now. The robot cows. does an amazing job, but I still yeah. have to watch it afterwards. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it is. So, like, and on the editing side, I know you'll appreciate this. Like, you, you, like, you watch the entire episode at what I call like quarter speed because you're like watching, make a cut, edit, rewatch that section, and then it goes ahead, make a cut. And so you like constantly, and then you have to go back and watch it all again yeah. to see how it flows. And it's like, oh, I got to fix this. And then, like, so you're like you, people don't realize like you may watch a video, you know you may watch it like fifteen twenty times, and it's just it like by the end of it you're like you're burnt out. And I was like I so I was telling um, the guy I was talking to yesterday about it, the other gun tuber. I was like, I was like, dude, I was like I started limiting myself on how much I can edit. Where I'm like I I have a time limit when mm-hmm. I do a video. I'm yeah. like you only have this many hours to edit this video, and it's got to be done. Like th- no more after. That. Otherwise you'll just sit there and just keep going and going and going. Especially sure. if it, like. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, especially if it's like a weekend, like when we were with the Bruiser class, when you have hours of content, like it's one thing to like, uh, I feel like film a a small little Mm -hmm. 10 minute video, but when you're like, oh, I have a weekend class worth of content and like the editing that goes into that would be. Yeah. So the the hard part with that too is like, um, so I used to, I used to do that. That was part of um, how I helped pay the bills before like YouTube started getting bigger. Like when you're, er when you're early on in YouTube, um, you're not making like you're losing money on making videos because mm-hmm. of the, the time, the equipment, the you know you're buying all the gear and everything, yeah. and so like you're you're losing money. So to help pay the bills, I was doing videos for different brands, um, which I still do uh, now. I just don't have to do it as much. And you film like go film somebody's class, and so you'll spend you know if you've got an, an eight hour class for example, like a one day eight hour class. That's eight hours of footage that you've you've got to sift through and mm-hmm. cover, and then you got to break that up into smaller videos. And then from that, the the person putting on the class may go, "Hey, uh, I know you just spent you know four hours editing that one video, but I need you to cut this out, or we're not going to use it at all, or something like that." And so like it's like wasted time, but it's just part of it, you yeah. know. Um, it's just constantly going through and cutting out the fat and trying to narrow it down. It's just it can be a beating at times. That's why that's why a lot of bigger YouTubers have dedicated editors and that's really all they do. Is they just edit. Yeah. And that's their jam. Like you just give them coffee or Red Bull and put them in a room by themselves and <laughs> yeah. they'll they're happy with that. Um but most people who like are in fr- front of the camera edit because we have to, not yeah. because we necessarily want to. Yeah. Uh, but like the video dropping today, so like I, I like both. But the video dropping today is um talking about my SPR build 
And I, I coming back from that vacation where I felt like I was burning, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make videos the way I want to make them, something that I enjoy doing, um, editing them the way that I enjoy doing it. And so I did that. And so the intro is like, it's longer, but it's in a way that I enjoyed making. I had I, I had fun making that video. So I'm excited about that one. And, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes, how it does. Nice. But lots of plugs for big text in there for yeah. all the parts I bought. Because <laughs> like, I, I was at the bruiser class um, oh, and yeah. I, I grabbed a barrel and I was like, Ian's like, Ian's like, look, I just want to go shoot the class. I'm like, hey, can you get me this and this? And can you bring this to the range? And oh, yeah, I forgot I need this thing. <laughs> and then I go back and build the go back, build the gun. So nice. Yeah, it's always cool. Mm-hmm. Always. It's a it's definitely a uh, like when we were looking on this will this will air after. So like the, the vortex tripods that we've got back at, back in the, mm-hmm. we've had them for like two weeks now and they don't drop till the, the 13th. And those, that's, it's one of those things like, cool. I want to, I want I yeah. want one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be a fun video too. Mm-hmm. The, um, so when you, did you get into cameras and videography before the social media aspect or was it kind of, you learned it because you needed to so I learned it because I needed to, but I had always been uh, artistic. So I was really into drawing as a kid. That was like my big thing. I, I got really big into drawing and then I stopped because I was playing sports. So I, I played soccer at a very high level. Um, I played uh, semi-pro and then got injured and then I was done. I played played football in high school and like won a state championship. Um, so that that was... That took precedent over the like artistic side, so I never did it. But then when I got when I became a pastor, because you're a church planner and you're small, kind of like running a small business, you kind of got to learn to wear a lot of hats. And so I learned, I taught myself how to use uh, InDesign or like you know and, and Photoshop to like create and design things. And then I also had to teach myself how to do video. And so like that's where that skill of learning that. And I actually liked actually liked photography a lot more than video, just because I don't know. There, there's just some like nostalgia of photos for me always resonate because that moment will never exist again, right? It's like when I look at a photo, you may go back to that same place and you may see that same thing again, but it'll never exist in the same way. And the person who took the photo, like you'll never see it from their perspective. Like everything that happened in that person's life led to that moment of them taking that photo that way. Mm-hmm. And not, that will never happen again. And so for me, that's always been a really cool thing. So when I look at photos, that's, that's what I have in mind. Um, but that, that's kind of what, how I learned the skill. And then when I moved into the marketing position at the gun company I worked for, I got to use it more and more and be more creative with it in product photography and, and, and product videos. And I really enjoyed that. And I, cause for me, and, and I, maybe this comes from my background of, of how I grew up around cars, but you know, when we, when we look at cars, we always, we don't just look at the car as a whole. We look at all the details, right? Like, so when I look at older classic cars from like the fifties and sixties, you look at all the chrome details, you look at the the detail of stitching and, you know, at the dashes, like dashes of older cars is way cooler with analog uh, gauges versus, you know, now everything's digital. Uh, but the way that they would go through, you know, how, how do we organize these? And I think of like one of the most classic dashes I think of is like a, like a 55, 56, 57 Bel Air, like those dashes. And they had that chrome stripe that went all the way across on the, the middle of it. And in the corner, it would say Bel Air in the, the cursive writing. And so, um, all the all the thought process that went into creating this beautiful product, like nothing was an oversight. Everything was was thought out uh, in, in classic cars. 
So when I look at products, I think of them the same way, especially when we look at guns. It's like, so somebody spent a lot of time and effort, energy creating this product, and there was no oversight in it. They they made it, the, the lines and the curvature the way they are for a reason. Um, everything they did was intentional by design. So how do we capture that in photo and video? And that's what got me into product photography and videography. And that's why I really started to enjoy it. Cause it's like, nice. how can we, how can we, you know, photograph this or video it in a different way where we can see some of those details, where we can start to bring out some of the thought that went into those products. And that, that's what I really enjoy. So that's where, where that side of it came out. But, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, and, but you know, to, to, another way to look at it is like watches, right? So yeah. like we, you look at like the macro shots of watches yeah. and you look at sweeping hands, you look at, at the, the details of the loom and like what a lot of people miss is like the texture on dials, but mm-hmm. you can't see it unless you look really close or like, you know, Rolex has their really fine etched crown in the, the sapphire in the, in the crystal. So it's like all those little things are details that somebody thought out and put in that. And so like, how do you capture it? Cause like when, when, when we go into a gun store, and we pick something up. We don't just look at it like this, right? So, like, your guys will look at it and they'll look at the serrations or they'll, they'll look at the sight or they'll look at um, the texture or, you know, just the way the, the gun feels in their hands. And so, like, how do, you, how do you replicate that? How do you mimic that so that when you're looking at images on Instagram or you're looking at a video on YouTube to where it feels like you're there looking at the details of that thing? So... That's what goes through my mind. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost, it, like, brings up the topic of, like, people don't understand, like why a Rolex costs so much or why like a good rifle costs so much. It's the detail yeah. and the little things, you know, building it, the parts that go into it, the, the craftsmanship of, mm-hmm. of a awesome product. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. There's tons of guns out there that you, that we have that just the little details, it's hard to convey to somebody like why there's a higher cost associated for that. And you know, the, the form and the function of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like, I can buy an AR for $530 on sale. Yeah. Or I can buy an AR for $1,500, mm-hmm. not on sale. Like yeah. what is. Or 3K. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the phrase that I think it's used a lot in our industry is just as good. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I'm look, if you have to describe it as just as good, it's not just as good. Yeah. Why not get the thing that you're comparing it? Yeah. To? Just yeah. get, just get the thing. Yes. <laughs> and you've got another gig too that's going on, right? Tell us about Average Joe's and how that started. Yeah, so Average Joe's. So Average Joe's actually isn't. Um, it's not really like a, a a job. It's more of like a like a project. Yeah, or, it's it's like a passion project, yeah. I would say. Um, so a lot of people think we make money off Average Joe's. We don't, we really don't. Um, we, I always tell people like, as long as we're not losing money, I'm okay with it. Because Average Joe's started because of my experience in the industry. So, like I said, I, I had access to a lot of really cool guys, um, had access to a lot of really cool gear. And the way that Average has actually started was like, hey, how do we how do we connect those two? How do we get the average people to kind of see some of the gear? Because like people always ask questions about, hey, like, you know, can I come shoot with you sometime or can I test that out? And so that's actually how it initially started. And in that process of like the first two that we did that were super small, we realized there was this big gap between the average gun owner and then somebody who gets out and shoots and trains. It's like, how do we bridge the gap between those two? How do we make that step smaller? And so I always tell people, like, um, one of the things I learned as a pastor is, like, when you ask people to do something, if the next step is too big, they're never going to take it. But if you make that step smaller and it's more attainable and they, they can see that it'd be an easier step, they'll, they'll take that step. So we needed to make that step smaller for people to get into a class because 
for somebody who owns a gun who doesn't get out and train, you know, signing up for a three hundred dollar class plus five hundred, uh, you know, five hundred rounds or thousand rounds, um, you know, spending eight hours on range or having to travel, having to get a babysitter or whatever, that's a big ask. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know that a lot of people would be willing to do that. And so it's like, okay, well, what if we do a day where they can get training in, you know, pistol and rifle, um, you know, set up some demos for them to check out some products that they might be interested in. And they can see that firsthand and go, oh, you know what? I might, I, th- I think I like that. I, w- I want to go get that. And so bridging that gap, because if, if they, if they go to this small little training event that we have and they like it, then they're going to want to go and go to a, a bigger class. And if they see that product and they like it and they buy it, then they're going to be more motivated to train with it and use it. And the other aspect of Average Joe's is the communal aspect. So one of the things that we hear a lot is people would say, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go and I don't have anybody to shoot with. It's like, okay, cool. So we set up these, we designed our range days to put people in groups who live near each other. So so whenever we have, as you guys saw, when you come to a range day, they're set up by zip code. So if there's a big group of people from Conroe, they're going to be in the same group because what we want is for you to naturally build those relationships throughout the day of shooting together and go, hey man, um, you know, why don't, when we go back down south, let's go find a day to, to get it to train together and, you know, take some of these drills that we learned and yeah. continue to do that. And so it's cool to see because a lot of those those pockets, those groups that have developed from coming to range days, I mean, they those things have exploded. I mean, those those groups of, of people who are training together are now doing their own, like, let's say, small like range days where they're bringing in more people. And that, that was kind of always the goal is – and a lot of it comes from, like, my church planner mentality of, like, hey, how do we take this, this one thing and then make a bunch of, of like, small – essentially like church plants in these, these communities to where they can go out and then continue to teach other people. And then they'll bring in new shooters, spread the word. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's what, that's what like the hope of average Joe's has been. And and how do we leverage, how do we leverage uh, social media to, to make, make that better and to reach more people? Cause I think a lot of people look at what, um, some people do on social media and, and what, what I do on social media and they think that it's for like for clout or we're just trying to get this or that. And I'm like, dude, the, the internet for me is the next great renaissance for the human race. Because if you look at um, historically, you look at the, the Roman highway and how the Roman highway had set up this infrastructure to transport things from from throughout the empire right they could get things from one side to the other very quickly Mm -hmm. and that led to you know this mass expansion and it helped grow the empire very fast and support it long term and then you look at the renaissance and and how the printing press revolutionized the trans uh the transmission of knowledge people being able to get knowledge who couldn't get it before because more people were becoming literate we were able to teach more things to more people and it became more common knowledge you could distribute an idea yeah. a whole lot easier. Yeah. And so now with the internet, we can do the same thing. And so now we can train more people more quickly than we could before. Because in the past, you had to go to a class, you had to be there for so many hours, you had to do whatever. And for people who don't have access to a range or who can't make those travel, like, I can't do that, but I can I can watch this video and then I can go dry fire and then um, go out and test that and like maybe learn at my own pace. And so I think that we're in that area because now you can, you know, you can learn languages, you can learn coding, you can learn design, you can learn literally anything you want on the internet. And shooting, I think, is is no different. There are some nuances that you still need coaches, like anything, you know, anything you want to be really good at, you're still going to need a coach for some of those nuances. But for the most part, getting the industry or the, the population as a whole on a certain, like raising the par or raising the the skill level across the board, I think we'll, the internet has huge opportunity to do that. So how do we use the internet now to educate more shooters? 
with average Joes. And that's why we did the, the monthly challenges. That's why we put out drills. That's why we film our range days the way we do so that you can see the entire, the entire block of instruction. So you can take that and go, the hope isn't for us to just get a bunch of views and go, you know, oh yeah, these guys are cool or whatever. It's like, dude, I don't care about that. I'm like, take this information and go use it. Like you're getting, you're getting free training from some really good instructors. So that that's kind of been my goal with, with average Joes is how do we equip the average citizen? Right. And, and like, and I say equipping, I use that loosely because there's way more to being a prepared citizen than just shooting, mm-hmm. right? Like medical survival. And, and not all of that has to be learned in this industry. I think a lot of guys look at um, certain celebrity figures and think that person is an expert on all things. I'm like, dude, if you want to learn about survival and living like out of a backpack, go look at the dudes who do the tour divide. They literally ride from Canada to Mexico living off of their bike with a backpack. So if you want to learn how to pack a bag and pack light and to be able to travel through different terrains, Go look at those guys because they're actually doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they don't have a support system. There is no, there's no big, there's no big army. It's just them. So you, you know, what, what happens if you come across a bear? Cause it happens all the time when you're going through the Rockies, you know, what happens if you're in the desert and you come across drug runners? Cause it happens all the time when you, you reach, you know, Arizona, New Mexico. So those guys have way more to teach than maybe necessarily people in our industry. Um, but th- again, it's, there's a wealth of knowledge out there that people can, can learn from. And so I just want to be a part in that of, just making that connection of distributing information to, to people so they can be uh, better equipped and, and making that step shorter because they, because then they go into a class. If they watch some of our videos on from our range day or any of our challenges, the goal is that they would walk away from that more confident or confident enough to go sign up for a class. Mm-hmm. Because a, a lot of times people say, well, I, I'm not ready to take a class because I don't, I don't know enough. It's like, well, that's the whole reason you're taking the class is because you don't know enough. Right. <laughs> so by breaking down those barriers, making that step, easier, I think is, is what the goal of average Joe's is, especially with our online presence. Cause there's only so many people we can, we can reach at a range day. Mm-hmm. Cause people have asked us in the past, like, why don't you open it up to like 150 shooters or 200 shooters? And like a hundred shooters is kind of our cap because that maintains the quality of experience. Mm-hmm. Once you go beyond that, people aren't getting as many reps. Um, it becomes a safety issue and it, logistically it's, it becomes a kind of a nightmare. So a hundred is what we found so far that we can maintain quality of experience. Um, and so like, there's some new things coming into this range day that'll, that'll be cool. So like, uh, as, as the community has grown, as we've seen the people who show up to our range days get better, how do we grow with the community? And the, the next big step for us has been competitive shooting. So we'll actually have, it's, instead of just having vendors with demo bays, those demo bays are still going to have the vendors there, but each one is going to be its own stage. Oh, nice. So you'll get to use whatever vendor, whatever their product is. You'll use that on that stage. Oh. So as you rotate around, you'll like go and like if Noveski's there, you'll, yeah. you'll shoot a stage with a Noveski rifle or like it'll be incorporated some way or like, you know, Vulcan will have their, their port of 2011. So just, nice. just getting people. So that's another barrier we got to break down, right? Like, um, so I always tell people, you know, for, for people who are getting better at shooting, the only way to really test yourself is, is as civilians is either force on force or shoot a match. Yep. And you know, it's way easier to go shoot a match than it is to shoot force on force. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, now we got to break down the barrier of getting into matches. So we've, we've started trying to do that of, you know, Hey, if you've never shot a match, we have a whole thing that you can, you go in and we walk you through it. So that way you're ready to go sign up for your first match. And it was cool. Cause the last one we did that and like a bunch of people went and signed up and they're like, this is the most fun I've had in a long time. So yeah. So ho- hopefully that answers your when's, question. When's the next range day? September 2nd. And that is, will be in at ETTS? At ETTS in Waxahachie. Yeah. Do you have any slots still left? 
Uh, we haven't put them on sale yet. So, okay, so um, at the time, depending on when this drops, uh, probably be about the time either tickets go on sale or right before they go on sale. Okay, perfect yeah. timing. Yeah, and it's a great event too. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. A, it's, a lot of it's fun. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying to find more. We're always always looking to tweak. Like, what what can we add in that will improve the experience? What can we add in that will help people walk I just want people to walk away and feel like it was worth it that's my big thing um, I just don't want anybody to ever walk away and go uh, it, it you know wasn't worth it for me yeah so, so. important question will there be tacos <sighs> I hope so I hope so yeah uh, that, so OMG tacos has been phenomenal yeah and, and we try to continue to have them out and so um, the problem is is now that they've gotten so big and so popular yeah it's, their schedule is so packed so yeah that's why we had to have them uh, we had to have somebody pick them up last time because they were doing like two other events the same day so as long as as long as they have the capacity to do it we will have OMG tacos yes <laughs> Calvin <laughs> yeah <laughs> And how much is it to go to a uh, average shows range day? So uh, I think right now we've had to bump the price because our cost has gone up. Uh, the you know the cost of range food, um, everything that goes into it. So I, right now the tickets are around a hundred bucks, hundred to one hundred and ten, I think is what we're looking at for this next one. Um, but you get with that, you know, you get your shirt, your patches, uh, the entire day of training, food, all that's covered in there. And it's then a really good deal, ton, ton of raffles. Yeah. So like in my mind, like I'm like, man, that's so expensive. I. I I wish we could go back to the days when we were doing it for like 40 bucks a person. Yeah. Um, but we just like logistically, we just can't, can't do that with the size that it is now. So like, it hurts me when I have to say, I'm like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. And then people are like, dude, class, you have much classes are. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. But like, I want this to be the, the cheaper I can make it, the more feasible it is for more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause the more that price starts to go up, the more we start to cut out some of the average people. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's where if I can, if I can get back to a point where I can bring it back, the price back down, if we can reduce our overhead costs, that that'd be a big win for me. So, but we'll see. We're we're, we're doing what we can. But. And where are, are they all? Just in Waxahachie, or are you spreading out at all? So uh, the ones that we host are currently all in Waxahachie. Um, we've been working with other ranges and other people. So like we got to Zona. So that's technically not an average Joe's event. That's technically Zona and Jello heads that up. But we go and support him. Uh, I help him. You know, he'll call me and ask about organizational things, and I try to help him with that. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's his. But we go and we try to support communities, and the reason we do it that way is again, this goes back to my time as a church planner and pastor. If if I go in and I go do an event, and then I leave, all the energy, all the organization goes with me. But if there's somebody I can that is there who lives in the community, knows the gun stores, knows the manufacturers, the shooters, the matches. They're going to be way better for the community than I ever would be mm-hmm. because they're they're plugged in. They can point them in the direction they need to go. So we try to support them that way. But like uh, Jello's out in Zona, uh, Epsilon Outreach is up in the Washington State area. They do a ton of stuff up there. Noveski's talked about maybe doing a range day in in Oregon. Uh, JTAC Ranch has their um, open gyms with Wiseman Company and Barrel and Hatchet. So there's a lot of really good communities uh, across across the U.S. And now you have. Uh, what is it? The Atlanta Range Day. Um, you know, obviously you have Ohio Range Day. It's a little bit different, yep. but you have more and more of these community events coming up, trying to bring in the newer shooters, and it, it'll be good. Our goal, my goal at least, is to one day get to a point where we can do them in other cities. But it takes time to build those relationships with Absolutely. the range, finding the people, the support people around in that area. So, like, if we were to do one, it would probably be probably in Arizona. We'd probably do one in Florida. Uh, I'd like to do one here down at the ranch because yeah. we, we get so many people that come from Houston that come up to our range days and it's awesome to see that. But I know that's a beating to make that drive day of and then some of them drive back same day. Yeah. So if we could do one down at the ranch, um, you know, that'd be something I'd like to do one day. But yeah, there's there's great community. I mean, Texas is so big. There's, there's great community. But yeah, we'd like to do them across the country. It's just a matter of finding 
finding the ranges and finding the people. And I will say some places are easier than others Mm -hmm. because as you go out west, you know, you have all the BLM land. So it's way easier to do something out there. Then when you go to like the northeast, it's much tougher because things are so liberal and strict there and more and more ranges get shut down. So people tend to be very closed off and don't want new people in because they're worried it's going to lead to it getting shut down. And so they're very protective of their ranges, very protective of like their community. And so unfortunately it stays small because they're not really bringing in any new people in those areas, but it's just the, the nature of, you know, our cultural climate, Mm -hmm. you know, different areas are different. So you, it's, you kind of learn how the different pockets of our country operate and you kind of see the different struggles that everybody has. And along with that, you also see where certain, Certain areas emphasize a certain style of shooting over others. So, like, I always tell people, I'm like, dude, if you ever go to Arizona, there's some really good pistol shooters. Like, three-gun and pistol shooters, like, dude, out out in the, like, southwest part of the country, some solid shooters out there. You go up to the Pacific Northwest, and if you had to, like, hike a mountain and be able to take a shot from, like, 500 yards, those are your guys. (laughs) But, but, you know, they probably don't shoot pistols as well. Um, So, it's just just different, right? Um, I still say Texas has the best shooters in the country. Of course. But... (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'll die on that hill. So, but there's, there's really good pockets of shooters all over the, all over the country and they, they really emphasize different things. So it's, it's interesting to see, um, and to see that dynamic and, and how culture also shapes what they prioritize in their training. So. That's nice. Little, yeah. It's a little hot. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm talking a lot. You have a lot. <laughs> a lot of, of it, you, you're good. You're okay. This, this is, is just the Jimmy show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that. It's been a long week. So how many how many range yeah. days have you had so far, or average Joe's range days? Average Joe's, um, I want to say we're coming up on like ten, ten or twelve because we were we were doing them pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. We initially had like I say we I had the very optimistic goal <laughs> of doing like uh, four a year, uh, like once a quarter, and then the guys that helped me do it because like it doesn't happen because of me. It's we we have a crew of guys, so we we have kind of our OG crew. Of like 10, 12 guys that help kind of make all the decisions and do like a lot of the, the legwork. And then outside of that, we have another like 15 to 20 volunteers that are that are pretty consistent that help us put these on. Without them, it's not possible. Like it does, the range days don't happen without those guys. So people don't realize how, how many people actually it takes to put on those range days. And the logistic work that goes into it, we quickly found out. The guys around me told me, like, look, dude, this it ain't happening four times a year. So it's just too much. It's not going not gonna to work. So then we dialed it back uh, to, like, now we're, like, trying to do two a year. If we can do two a year, we're, we're good with that. You know, one in the spring before it gets too hot mm-hmm. and then one in the fall before it gets too, like, just miserably cold. Um, so that's kind of our goal. So – but so far I think we've done, like, ten. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's that always sounds, the, sounds about right. The hard part is in Texas weather, trying to find the sweet spot mm-hmm. to to have it in the spring or the, the fall. Yeah, I yeah. have no interest in going like to take <laughs> yeah. a class in July. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I used to do that, man. I'm not about that life yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So we we had um, I think the last one we did in July, we had Mojo out, and uh, Mojo was like almost a heat casualty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was not ready. I mean, he had his plate carrier on, and oh, then wow. at one point, like. We had to throw him in a truck with AC on, threw ice on him, and pouring cold water on He's him. He's from Washington, right? Yeah, yeah, he was not ready for the heat he at was all. Not, yeah, uh, him or uh, Matt Matt Tran from Colorado. Like, neither one of them were ready for like the humidity it's and the brutal, heat. Brutal, man. Yeah, yeah it was, I mean, ended up being like a hundred and something that day, so it was like as bad as it could get. They haven't been back since, have they? No, they haven't. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's already been over a hundred for basically two weeks yeah, straight or more. in Houston. Yeah. The one class I will take though is like the one at the ranch. Where it's covered you know, mm-hmm. on the long range, yeah, you're on underneath the on that conics with the with the covering over. Yeah, it's that's, not that's bad. not as bad. No, yeah. I mean if, as long as you're not like running around and in, in 
the worst class I ever took, or not the worst class, but like the worst, like I guess, environment for the class. There's this range up in up near Dallas, but it's like limestone or whatever. There's like crushed. Uh, it's like a private range, I think, um, but it's like just a big bay of full of like these white rocks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like crushed limestone or something, but here's like July. Here's a Scotch and Lindsay class. And I almost, I, I almost <laughs> oh, had I know what you're talking about. Yeah. heat exhaustion that day. Um, Cause that sun's just beating yeah, off it's of just you. Beating, just, yeah. Just right on, on you. That green ops class we took a couple of years yeah, ago. That was, I remember horrendous. all y'all were talking about that. after coming back. <laughs> yeah. Done. That was the first class that where I was like, uh, we'd, Move the pop up shelters down yeah, the we, line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we were like, we're not, right, like pick up they, a corner. Like, let's not do this. Put them on the line. And they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, like, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, and because so, if it, it was hot that day, it was, it was rough. Yeah, that was only an eight hour. Like, there wasn't really any running around because no. it was just you know all square range stuff and. But heat index of like one hundred and seven. Oh, it was oh, yeah. stupid. Yeah. But yeah, just just baking in the sun is is mm. brutal. Like. Especially if you don't have any wind or any you know, any coverage. Yeah, there was zero wind, zero yeah. coverage. I mean, we had the pop-ups, but it was just like, <laughs> step into my oven. Yeah. yeah. So back to something me and you talked about. Uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, you decided to start dabbling in the, the well, not exactly PRS, but long-range, long-range precision. precision world, right? Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to go into that, and how has that experience been so far? How much time do we have on this podcast? We've got, uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of time. Um, so the way that that started was actually through rifle reviews. So one of the things that um, I always tested with rifles, and I still do, is is how accurate is the rifle? And shooting groups, you know, at a hundred, like what what will it like? Everybody says, oh, you got to put it in a bench rest in a vice, and you know, to test true accuracy, and that that's true. Uh, you need to take as many variables out as possible. But from a practical standpoint, what is the average shooter going to be able to shoot with this? Like, how's it going to perform? And you know, we would test different ammos, and so started geeking that out on that a little bit, and that's kind of what sparked the like. You know, I want to shoot further than a hundred yards. I want to get into long range. And at, around that same time, I had been, uh, I was working. The company I was working for, we were doing some testing with barrels and different things. And um, I learned a lot in that process about how rifles work and, and precision and just, just a, a lot of the nuances of, of what goes into making a gun that performs well. And I had also been started talking with Bruiser, uh, Joe Dawson. And at the time, I didn't I, I didn't know that, that Joe was a Navy SEAL. I just thought he was some dude on the internet. And we were just messaging back and forth. He was just a cool dude on the internet. I mean, I get DMs all the time from guys and I'll chat with them and so Joe and I just started having conversations and um, Taylor uh, possum puncher actually ended up telling me, he's like, Hey, you know, you know, Joe's a seal, right? Like a former seal. And I was like, I was like, you mean bruiser? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, nah, he's just a long range guy. He's like, no, 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 no. He's, he's a former seal. I was like, nah. And, and at this point, <laughs> he I doesn't just, have the hair. He yeah. Doesn't have he the does, book yeah. Deal. Like, but, but he, ne- but yeah, he doesn't have the book deal. He's not selling coffee. You know, he's not doing any of the, <laughs> the, the seal things. And he never talks about it. At that time he had never posted about it. He had never talked about it. Uh, at least not that I had seen. And, you know, we were just having conversations and he had, he had already invited, he's like, Hey, whenever you have time, you know, to come up to Oregon, you know, stop by, you're always welcome here. I've got a place, you know, you can come visit, we can shoot, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll shoot long range. And I was like, okay, cool. And, um, we had, I had been trying to get up there already to go visit, uh, Noveski cause I got invited up there to go, to go hang out with Scott and a couple of the guys. And so, uh, it just happened to work out. I was like, you know what, let's just make a weekend out of it. You know, schedule some days. I'll go see Noveski a couple of days, go see Joe a couple of days and, um, that's kind of what started it all. 
and then also uh, did the the Ridgeland class at Symposium. And so like Bruiser, Bruiser and Alex set a really solid foundation for me. And so like I, I always talk, I think about uh, golf because I, I used to play golf as well. I may still play a little bit, but um, Jack Nicholas talks about how the best thing that ever happened to him was his dad took him to get a golf lesson from a golf pro. And all he emphasized was the fundamentals and he gave him a solid base so that he never had to unlearn anything bad. He just had to learn how to keep doing the good things right. And for me, I was lucky enough to learn from Joe out there and then from Alex and those two things. It's a good, <laughs> it, it, it was a solid foundation. And right. So like the house we've been building on that has been solid since then. And, and, you know, learning from Joe and then learning from Alex, it, I don't know, it, it sparked something in me and it, it made me geek out. And I think the reason I bring up golf is because for me, it's like the same mental game of golf is long range. Mm-hmm. So the way that we think about like in golf, we work from the green back. So it's like, you know, this is where the pin is and this is where it's at on the green. And so how do I work my way back from there to, to make the shots to get there? So for me, it's like looking at long ranges is very, it's the same type of challenge. And it, I think it just stimulates me mentally. Like I like the, my, my autism, you know, my, 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 wherever I'm at on the spectrum, <laughs> it makes me, it, it satisfies that. Like I, it gives me a challenge of something that, that I want to do. So that got me really excited to get into scope carbine and long range. And, and it made me want to see. You, you read on forums, right? And on Reddit and, and everything, everybody says, oh, you can't do this or that. You can't. And I'm like, well, let's go find out. And so that, you know, doing a, the, shooting a rifle match with a 12.5 and a 1 to 8, you know, just to see what's the limits of this gun. Everybody says you can't shoot past 400, 500 yards with it. And then we're shooting at 800 yards with it in a match. So it's like, let's just keep finding out. Let's just keep finding the limits of things. And so the more that I get into it, the more I dive into it, the further I want to keep going. Because it's like, it's like as you as you go into like one room, it opens up into a bigger room. And then as you go to another room, it opens up to an even bigger room. And so diving into it more and more has been a ton of fun. And I was just telling um, Adrian from, from Sidewinder Concepts, I was just telling him last night at dinner, I was like, one of the, the things I think that I, I, I love it, I geek out about it, I'm enjoying just learning it. Um, but I think that one of the things that has motivated me so much on the competition side was Taylor and I shot that first Tactical Games match uh, together. And initially when the scores posted i won and then uh, jeremy was like well the pistol was weighted too high so we're actually going to cut the pistol uh, stages in half as far as points go and that actually gave taylor like a point something or a three point something win over me and that i think moment motivated me so much <laughs> because because I, I look back in the moment i didn't realize it but i look back had had i beat taylor at that match i probably wouldn't be as hungry to learn more things like i am now so i'm grateful that i that i didn't win because if if it would have come easy early on i don't think i would be as motivated as i am now to learn the things that i'm learning so that made me really hungry to learn literally as much as i could and so like that's that part of the reason i'm down here this weekend is because adrian was like hey you want to shoot and i was like yeah let's go do it i was like so um you know we filmed some episodes together and then i'm always messaging joe you know and meeting more and more guys like like scott peterson who's uh with with the army marksman unit um talking to just to Mike at Precor and Fred at Counting Coup and, and Joe and Alex is like, there's these guys who have a wealth of knowledge and they're happy to share it. And they want to see the, the cool thing for me, I think with long range has been those guys are, they want other guys to geek out about it and they, they love it so much. They want other guys to be on that same level. And, and so anybody who's excited about it, they're happy to share as to where, you know, I don't, it's not as welcoming in like USPSA, IDPA style of shooting um, or in like, the, the tactical sphere or like night vision, like guys tend to be a little more closed off mm-hmm. and very um, protective of their information. 
but in like PRS long range, dude, everybody, like everybody wants you to do well. And it's, it's like fun because everybody like wants to get better and they want you to do well because it, you doing well is going to make them shoot better. And so like guys are giving each other wind calls. They're telling you, Hey, maybe you should approach the stage this way. You know, they're giving out such good information. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm just, I'm having fun with it and I'm probably the most fun I've had shooting in, in a while. Um, yeah. And you've been shooting, you've shot the quantified performance mm-hmm. matches. Yep. Yeah. Shot that shots, uh, tactical game sniper challenge. Mm. Hopefully next weekend I'll be going to Arizona to shoot their Accurize barrel match and then be going down to the barrel and hatchet match, um, in August, I think August 20th. Yep. So barrel and hatchet, another big techs, uh, shooter and they're putting on a match and you know great group of guys and yeah, so we've got some we've got a care package going down for that match yeah. am i a part of that care package oh, can I mean, you send me can, I, I don't, <laughs> we're, we're not going to give you away jimmy we're we're, uh, we're too invested in you at this point to, yeah. to just give you away as a prize that's fair that's you fair. can't take jimmy home um but yeah no so yeah shot those matches i would like to get up and do the um was it the geisley matches up in pa or, or oh, yeah uh or it, it, maybe it's the iwi ones I, either way there, there's two matches up there i'd like to get up and do those it's just the the travel the logistics of it it's a little yeah. more expensive to get up there and then flying with guns and camera gear it's just yeah it's kind of tough it's I, like if i have to i can drive to florida and we flew this time but you know flying to pa is a little bit tougher mm-hmm. so i gotta save my shekels especially uh, to get rerouted or something you know yeah. like it's it's yeah yeah and that, that's talked about this just a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that's i mean that's part of the reason that you know we were talking about the the goon runner earlier like it's part of the reason i built it out was because i wanted to be able to drive my gear mm-hmm. because if your camera gear gets lost on a shoot yeah. you're, you're out it's like you done you, yeah Trip it's like and, and everything's been organized to go film that thing or if you're you know, going to go shoot a match or whatever and your guns don't show up, like, what do you do? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like a golf, you know, a golf course where you go, like, hey, can I get the rental clubs? It's like, yeah. there's no, there's none of that. So <laughs> Somebody might have an extra rifle, yeah, but it ain't, yeah, yeah, ain't going to be yours. Yeah, I mean, you're, with, dope, and yeah, you're, you're, you're like, dope and then you got to find a round and then it's like, is it zeroed? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, but it, it, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And so I'm hoping that more and more matches will pop up. Um, probably going to end up shooting some PRS matches with my five five six just to, you know, ups- upset the internet, and yeah. just make people mad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I think pe- people have been really pushing. Like, why don't you get into you know higher magnification? And I've said, well, you know, my goal has been to find the limits of this before I jump to the next thing. So once I get, the- I have a couple goals in mind. Once I do that, I'll jump up uh, to the next class. So I'll go to a longer barrel and a higher magnification, and then can um, you show the people what you're what you're shooting if they don't know right now for right now. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a 16 inch that I built out. That video should be out now on everything about the rifle, uh, 16 inch with a night force, uh, one to eight optic. It's a Noveski barrel, which you can get a Noveski barrel at big Tech's ordinance. Use goon life, saves you some money. Um, uh, but yeah, th- those barrels have just been super accurate out of the box and they're very consistent as far, as far as velocity goes. We do get a little, a slight velocity jump out of their rifling, uh, out of the stainless ones uh, in talking with Scott and Dave, who, uh, are at Noveski. They've said that their you know their stainless barrels are, are going to be their most accurate barrels, except for the fourteen five chrome lined. They said that that barrel is. They said it's a tack driver. They don't really know why. They've tried to figure it out, but you know that if you want a chrome lined barrel, get the fourteen five Noveski chrome lined, and that one shoots really well too. But aside from that, the stainless has been great. So I've got those in almost every gun currently. Now there's a couple other barrels that uh, I'd like to test. Uh, Suns has their their barrel um i don't know when that's going to drop or if it'll be available 
but I'd, I'd like to get more testing with that. I, I shot the demo version at Symposium, and it was phenomenal. I think that's we just oh. sold a broadsword that has one in it. They're okay. in their production broadsword rifles. Okay, right so. Now. When we leave here, add that to my list of things I got to take home. Uh, <laughs> Don't have one right now. <laughs> um, but so that barrel is one I'd like to get more time on. And then talking with Eric at Barrel and Hatchet, they have a barrel that they've kind of been messing with. And so I kind of want to try that out too, just to see see what's out there. Um, but yeah, so 16 inch with an Oveski barrel. Uh, it's a Cobalt Kinetics receiver set. And then a Night Force Attacker 1 to 8. Nice. And that's what I run just because it puts me in the general purpose class at quantified performance, which limits your barrel length and your optic. And then um, at the sniper challenge in the class, the recce division, you were limited in barrel length and optic as well. Now in sniper challenge, you could run a two to 10 um, if you didn't have to be one power, but in quantified performance, you do have to be a one power. So it didn't make sense for me to Mm. have a two to 10 and a one to eight for the same class. I was like, I'm just going to run a one to eight. And I can, I can fit in both classes of that gun. So the goal is that moving up to like a 17, 18-inch rifle with a 4 to 16 on there and then jumping up a, a division. So we'll see how that goes. And then um, we've got some bolt gun stuff in the works. You know, nice. I think by the time this drops, it, I may have already posted a photo of it. But I've had a bolt gun for a while. I just haven't told anybody about it or posted anything about it. And, um, yeah, we've just been waiting for kind of the right time to do it. And so we'll we'll talk more about that in the future. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm it's just progressing along and learning as much as I can and just keep keep doing what I can. You know, I want to I want to win some matches. I want to you know, I, I think this is the type of shooting if I were to get into teaching, this would be into like long range at some point down the road. Yeah. You know, but that's a ways out. I still got a ton to learn. I'm just I'm having so much fun right yeah. now though. Yeah. Yeah. And the matches look fun. Oh yeah, they're the, the barrel and hatch uh or the the was it a QP match at the JTAC range? Yeah, it was, it was a QP match. Yeah. yeah. That and looked really good. That one, yeah, that one was really good. That was a ton of fun. They had a two-day, so they actually had two matches Saturday and Sunday. We were only able to shoot Saturday because we had stuff we had to do on Sunday, but um, I'd like to go back and shoot some more. It sounds like they're going to have more there, and that facility is great, too, so it's... it's um, Just outside of Tampa. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, in we, Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. We need to go down and yeah. check that out one of these days. Yeah. Ash is such a wealth of knowledge, too. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Talk about. Ash is really cool. So... I, I will say, you know, they did the QP match here in South Texas and there was like some issues there. And I talked to Ash about it directly. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, just as somebody who puts on events, like I, I know I get it. And he was super receptive, super humble. Um, he was like, yeah, he's like, I, I get it. And then, you know, this, the one they did in Florida was just like phenomenal. So yeah, nice. very cool to see how it's grown. Yeah. It's, uh, we're definitely happy to be part of that mm-hmm. and help that spread. And we'll hopefully get him, down here to the ranch for a QP match too. Yeah. At some point, that'd be a good, good yeah. facility to yeah. host that. That'd at. be a fun one. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of options down there. Oh yeah. A lot of options. So what do you got coming up? That we haven't already talked about. Uh, man, just, just shoot more matches. That's it. Um, that's been the, the main thing for me trying to put out more content. Um, you know, trying to get into a flow of doing, uh, more content, more videos throughout the week and trying to put out more information on like training. I'll be still be doing gear stuff, but for me, it's like, you know, the gear is cool, but the, you got to have the training and skill to use it. And it's actually a conversation Joe and I were just having about how guys jump in into, or they jump down rabbit holes of gear yeah. too soon before they've developed the skill to really maximize it. And, and, um, so yeah, just that's, that's the main thing for me just doing that. And, um, yeah, you know, we've got average Joe's coming up and, just doing, trying to keep grinding away, keep doing the thing. Hustling. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. Why not me? There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
got any questions for him? No, I'm, I think you covered a lot of yeah, this is big information. <laughs> a lot. This is, this is a really I'm, I'm surprised dense. it took this long to get you here. Yeah. He's a busy man. I know. Yeah. Stop being so going busy. On. I, hey, I'm down, I'm down to come down here. You know, we, we've settled into our, our new place. Nice. So, um, you know, life is, it feels like it's settled a little bit. So it makes it a little easier. So I'm down to yeah. come down more. It was, it was tough. We just, we, you know, with the economy and everything and trying to move, trying to sell and buy a house, you know, as you know, is it's a nightmare. And then yeah. like, right, right after we moved, my wife gets into an accident and then she has to have surgery. And then it's oh, like, Jesus. it's like, it's like, bro, I was like, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just compounds everything, mm -hmm. but you're still able to make some matches. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, um, yeah, she's doing better now. The house is, you know, all settled and, you know, the boys in school and all that. So, um, just enjoying it, enjoying the ride wall as long as I can. That's always, I always tell people like we, we get to, we, we get to have a really cool job. Mm -hmm. Like the things that we get to do is, is, is awesome. And there's no, there's no telling when it'll end. Um, it's like, I forgot who said it. They said it about playing pro sports. It's like, at the end of the day, um, he's talking about pro athletes. He's like, we all play a kid's game mm -hmm. and we don't, none of us get to decide when we stop playing this game. Some of us stop playing at an earlier age than others. Some of us get to play until we're like 40 or 50, but we're all playing a kid's game. And at one day it will all come to an end and we don't get to decide that. So enjoy it while you can. Yeah. And so I've kind of had that mentality about this because, you know, who knows it'll happen in, in society or in the culture or, you know, whatever. And so just trying to make the most of it while I can and enjoying it as much as I can uh, while I can. And then that way at the end of it, you know, if it ends tomorrow, it's like, hey, you know, I got no regrets because, you know, I, I hung out with guys that I enjoyed being around. I got to do the things that I wanted to do. I pushed myself to be better. I tried to help other people and I'm good. You know, if I, if I got to go get a nine to five tomorrow. So be it. You yeah. know, I made the most of it while I could. No had fun. Yeah. Here's a good run. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. So I gave it, gave it my all. And that's that actually it. a really good outlook. Cause you know, like, you know, trying to savor the moment while you're in it mm -hmm. is sometimes hard. Cause you're so busy, you know, hustling, focusing on what needs to be done. It's kind of hard sometimes to, to soak it all in and kind of look yeah. like this is the years that you're going to look back on later. You know? Yeah. Well, so I, I, you know, to go back to average Joe's, one of the things that I tell our guys uh, quite often when we go out of town um, to do these events and stuff like that, like it's, it's stressful, right? Yeah. Cause like the logistics of you've got a crew of how many guys going with you, where's everybody staying? Are we going to eat here? What does the range they look like this and that? And, you know, guys are always like, Oh yeah, I can't right now. You know, I've got this and that. And I, and I, and I always, you know, I understand everybody's in different positions in life, but I always tell them like, look, we won't get to do this forever, right? Like things change, yeah. whether you want to admit it or not, like your priorities are going to change. Your goals in life are going to change. You know, your availability is going to change. If you have kids, if you get married, it changes all of that, right? Oh, like, yeah. you know, like, so once, once you have kids and they start growing up, it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to travel as much, right? Like I want to be there with, with my kids. I want to enjoy the things they're doing. I want to be in there for those formative years. And so maybe you're not available to go do it. It's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. It's like, no, that's cool, man. But just know next year might yeah. not be available. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and that's not in a negative way. It's just like, you know, cause next year you might meet somebody and you might get married and decide you want to be there with your, you know, your wife and, and spend time with her rather than travel. And then, you know, the next year, you know, you guys want to have a kid. And so then you get to be there with your, your newborn. And so you don't want to travel. And so it's like taking advantage of the opportunities while you have them, because there's, there's no guarantee that that, that opportunity is going to be around forever. It's like, uh, you know, like when you go to a concert and you like, you want to remember the concert. So you take some pictures, but then next thing you know, you're spending like, you're looking through the, phone. you're looking through your phone and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like it's yeah. right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just, just, yeah. just take some pictures, but then 
enjoy that mm-hmm. that moment. Yeah, I think somebody you're, you're... was saying that, like you know, in the World Series, you know, you got like the guys that are like you know, um, you know, taking the pictures of their phone and celebrating and stuff. You like the, the actual players, yeah. and stuff. And uh, it's like put that down. Like you're you're living the moment right now. Like mm-hmm. you can you can like put the phone down and just like in, live the the victory right yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's my wife and i were at a concert for my birthday and we sat second row and it was like i was like trying not to be on my phone because i was like wait i'm seeing second row like it watch what's in front of you yeah yeah it's like you're right here yeah like enjoy it and it's the the same thing yeah experiences not things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. for sure speaking of experiences if you've listened to this entire podcast the BTO experience. and not been motivated not by Jimmy, gym. like Jimmy has now motivated me to go back and actually take photos that I like to take photos of, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just going in there and throwing the camera and, and being like, ah, now I got to take pictures, <laughs> enjoy the editing process and the video making process and sign up for some more classes. I think. Yeah. When do you start your inspirational speaking podcast yeah. and motivation. I'll just I'll just come back. DVDs. I'll come back once, once a week and we'll we'll just I'll just chat here on the big text. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, do I like that idea. We'll, we'll do a separate uh we'll make it like its yeah. own like weekly segment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can do that. Inspirational quotes by Jimmy. I'll come down once a week and we'll we'll, we'll chat about things. We'll have to have somebody else edit that. <laughs> I'm, I'm tapped out. Anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast, Jimmy. Thanks for Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for by. Yeah. And thank you for all, all the support you guys have had over the years. I mean, truly have been one of the the very early supporters and been my biggest supporter. So very grateful and, and supporters of, of big text too. So, or sorry of average Joe's. So uh, very grateful for that. Absolutely. Glad to, yeah, glad been, to help you out, man. An amazing partner. Yeah, definitely. Looking definitely. forward to the future. All right. Check us out. Let us know how you like the podcast, the comments on Instagram, YouTube, and coming soon to TikTok. apparently. Yes. <laughs> so gotta get on TikTok. Oh yeah. Have a good one. Okay, I have to turn this stuff off.